You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. Yo, what's up? This is Tajay of the Mighty Souls of Mischief Crew. I'm chilling with my man Festo, my man ain't blessing, my man Hope. You know he's dope, yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Terp Talk, brought to you by Perceptless Brands and Compassion Co. I'm your host, Sarah Tokes. Today, we have Zach with Green Street. Hey, Sarah. Hey, everybody. Hey. I'm so excited to have Green Street in the house today. Um, So let's just get in on a little background about yourself, how you got into the industry, and how you kind of got to be with Green Street. Sure, sure. Uh, Interesting story for myself. I've only been in the industry a year, actually. Um... I was uh, a teacher before this, a special ed teacher. I went to University of Vermont I'm from a east from the East Coast, and I got my degree in marketing and communications. And after graduation, I moved back home to Cape Cod, and I got a job working for a small nonprofit, doing a bunch of different stuff. And uh, after about three years, I had three different bosses. I got burnt out. I decided to leave that job, and I needed some income right away. Mm-hmm. So I decided to. Uh, substitute teach at a local high school. My friend's dad was an administrator. So I started substitute teaching, coaching baseball and golf, and I fell in love with it. I have a brother who suffers from special needs, and I decided, like, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to kind of uh, give back and teach special ed. So I got my credential, and I continued to teach in Massachusetts for about uh, five years. I met a girl who was a nurse from (laughs) California, and after she got her degree, she wanted to move back to Cali. So I said, let's do it. And I moved to Cali in 2012, and I had interest in the cannabis industry. I had uh, a cousin up north who uh, was attending Oaksterdam, and I had another cousin up north who was involved in some farming um, of some medicine. (laughs) And uh, I I definitely wanted to get involved, but I was in Los Angeles, and I really, I didn't know how to get involved. You know, I reached out to them, and they didn't have any opportunities for me. So I said, okay, uh, I'll just be a boring teacher, and I got my teaching credential uh, in California and got a job and uh i was happy i was teaching and bartending uh, making decent money i broke up with the nurse but continued to just live in california and and have some fun and after about uh, five years i again i got burnt out i just wasn't fulfilled professionally dealing with a very difficult population of students and i decided uh maybe i could get into cannabis maybe it was it was a real thing you know you could uh, get a get a job um, besides at a dispensary, which I actually did try to get a job at a dispensary in 2012. <laughs> How did that work out? It didn't work out. You know, <laughs> I, I wasn't a beautiful girl like yourself with tattoos and, and piercings. And yeah. I didn't know anybody. And, of course. Uh, you they know, probably I, thought you were a narc or something. Yeah. You know, I'm a, a white guy with a short, clean, clean haircut. <laughs> and, and nobody gave me, you know, the time of the day. Yeah, of course. Um, so, you know, fast forward five years later, uh, weed is on the prefaces of becoming uh, legal. And I'm like, okay, maybe this is, is something I can do. So I reached out to my best friend, and he. I went to high school and college with mm-hmm. him. His name's Jonathan Troutman, and he's worked with Gary Vaynerchuk for a decade now. Oh, wow. And uh, when we got out of college, he was working with Gary as an intern for free, and I was making $40,000 a year, thought I was the man, and I'm yeah. like, dude, you're crazy. What What are you doing? You're crazy. And, he, you know, he saw the potential in Gary, and, the, and, and he said, oh, I know what I'm doing. And fast forward 10 years later, him and Gary just launched Empathy Wines together, a very successful wine wine business. Uh, Check them out on Instagram, Empathy Wines. And uh, Troutman said, "Uh, you're not crazy. Gary just bought into a branding and marketing agency called Green Street. 
They're very reputable. They just launched uh, one of the biggest cannabis trade shows around. They've created uh, brands for um, some pretty pretty reputable uh, celebrities. They created the gas brand for Two Chains. They created the Trees by Game uh, for the game. Uh, they developed the Pantry brand with the uh, Franks, the celebrity chefs from New York. Yeah, uh, they've done a lot of cool things. And he said, uh, "Gary just bought in. Let me see if I can put you in touch with somebody." So he put me in touch with someone, and we hit it off. And I was like, "Cool, like this is gonna happen." Um, but business takes a long time, and. Gary had just kind of brought his team in and they were redeveloping Green Street a little bit, starting to grow. Uh, traditionally, Green Street had only been a small team and I'll, I'll go back and tell you a little bit yeah. about Green Street's history. Um, so uh, fast forward another year, 14 months to be exact, and <laughs> they finally uh, offered me a position. And this was, you know, after a year of attending events and staying in touch and, and sending emails and saying, hey, don't forget about me, I'm yeah. here, I'll work for free. Um, because I saw the potential uh, of, of the agency, of the business. Obviously, when Gary Vaynerchuk's involved in something, uh, there's a lot of energy and yeah, of course. a lot of vision He's there. A He's a beast. So how could you not, you know, get excited about something yeah. like this? Uh, I've always been a super hard worker, uh, had a job since I was 11 years old. So I, I was all ready to work for free and bartend nights just to get my foot in the door. Yeah. Um, because I believed in it that much. And then... Uh, they hired me and, uh, you know, they, they had this building that they were working on, uh, which came to fruition, um, because, well, let me, let me just back up, I guess, <laughs> and, um, tell you about how Green Street got started and then that will segue into the building. No problem. Yeah. So Green Street traditionally was founded as an advertising marketing agency in 2012. My bosses are Rama Mayo, Josh Shelton. Uh, they got teamed up on a project for uh, Snoop Dogg called the G-Pen, Herbal Vaporizer. Yeah. And uh, Josh was a lawyer working for Vicente Cedarberg, and Rama was working for a marketing agency. And they got teamed up, and they, they were very successful. They kicked ass with the project. And uh, Joshua said, we should start a business licensing products for celebrities. Rama said, you're crazy, dude. Cannabis is illegal. Why would we license cannabis products for celebrities? We got lucky on this one. This was in 2012. And um, Josh said, we should do it, we should do it. A year later, they decided to do it, and they launched Green Street, and they started to create these brands uh, for the game, for Two Chains. They licensed many products for celebrities. They've worked with Ray Sermon. They worked with Sublime. They've worked with um, uh, the Franks, like I said. I mean, if you look at our website, we have 50 brands we've worked with. And they began to develop all these relationships, foster all these relationships, and they built, you know, themselves into the number one kind of branding agency in LA. And with that, as they started to build up, um, they partnered up with Gary, and then they launched the Hall of Flowers in 2017. Yeah. Which is the biggest cannabis trade show. Um, <clears throat> and the point of that was to build a platform for the cannabis industry. Obviously, you have those trade shows out there, the MJ BizCons and those types of trade shows. They're not like they used to be, you know. You have a lot of venture capitalists out there just throwing money around, some snake oil type salesmen, yeah. just trying to make money, you know. It's not about doing business anymore. So they wanted to create these platforms for, for cannabis businesses to conduct business on a legitimate level and to, to really change the culture and smash the stigma. So they did that. They launched Hall, Hall of Flowers, super successful. Um, and they had this idea that they also wanted to 
kind of do that and create an epicenter, you know, where businesses could could have a hall of flowers on an everyday level. Yeah. So they had the idea for the building. <clears throat> Mood. <laughs> yeah, sorry. The cotton mouth hit. Yeah, totally hit. <laughs> um, so they uh, essentially they they had taken up space uh, in the Desmond Building. That's where their office was, the penthouse, of the Desmond Building. Yeah. They were throwing all these dope parties, and um, brands were attending and saying, "Hey, how how do we get involved in something like this? We want to." throw weed parties. We want to have our clients here. We want to do business like this. So my bosses had an idea. Hmm. Let's rent out another floor and, and we'll sublease it. You know, so they subleased a, a floor to High Times. And High Times st- started throwing parties. They subleased a floor to Maid Gallery. They subleased a floor to Hemper. Um, and they had all these cannabis businesses doing business and throwing parties and having fun. And the building owner uh, was cool at first when we yeah. were throwing our parties, but then when he saw we were making money and uh, he started to extort us essentially and kind of uh, charge us extra fees every time we'd have an event, he charged three grand for cleaning, something like that. So uh, we just had to deal with it. We were still making money, we were still conducting business, but it wasn't the best fit for us. So we had a meeting one day and uh, with the gentleman, and my bosses told him what was going on, and the guy said, Well, I can help you buy a building. And we said, What? And uh, he said, yeah, it's not that hard. And so we, we partnered up with him and uh, we bought a building in downtown L.A. And we broke construction about two, two and a half years ago. Redid the whole building, completely gutted it. Uh, 1930s uh, is the original <clears throat> date the building was built. Super cool building. Yeah. Old factory. Uh, it was actually used in the tech noir scene in the Terminator. So there is oh, some wow. history there. Yeah, that's the, super cool. It's the most famous scene in the Terminator. Um, <laughs> so if you haven't seen it. And it's it, Green Street's building. Green Street's <laughs> building, correct. Uh, definitely looking forward to throwing like <clears throat> some sort of pop-up theme Terminator party one day maybe. That would be so dope. <clears throat> it's like a weed Terminator makeup yeah, instead of the red. For sure, for <laughs> sure. So they uh, they bought the building. And like I said, the, the, the idea behind the building was an extension of the Hall of Flowers to create this platform where we could conduct business on a legitimate level. Yeah. And... Uh, Two years in the making now. We're almost complete. The building is seven stories, 67,000 square feet, all cannabis, all cannabis. First floor will be a restaurant uh, called Gusto Green. They are a Canadian restaurant group. They have one restaurant in the United States called Felix. It's in Venice. Very reputable uh, restaurant, James Beard nominee. So we're super excited to have them uh, in the building and partner up with them. We would have taken a pizza shop yeah, in there, of course. Uh, you know, some fast food, yeah. you know, anything. Um, but they reached out to us. They're going to be uh, focusing on cannabis as a wellness ingredient. Okay. Okay. So like terpenes and flavor profiles and pairings and stuff like that. Won't be any medicated or infused foods to begin with. Um, they may evolve into that, but yeah. more as a wellness ingredient. That's awesome. And the second floor will be gallery and retail space. Uh, our friends from Show Products are leasing out that floor. Uh, Show Products uh, is a group. They have a bunch of different ventures. Dab Nation. They have um, some hardware that they do. The Carta Focus V. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot of work with them. We've done a lot of work with them in the past. <clears throat> they'll be leasing out that floor, and there'll also be other retail opportunities on that floor. Third and fifth floor will be co-working spaces. So we have 14 co-working suites on each floor. Uh, conference rooms, full kitchens, lounge areas, game areas, two floors, 28 suites in total. <clears throat> with those, uh, 
those tenants will also receive lots of other benefits within the building. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the fourth floor will be MOTA, the private social cannabis club. Um, <clears throat> lots of cool, exciting things going on there. Uh, all the furniture in there is from uh, Indonesia. They spent like oh, wow. a couple hundred grand on some beautiful furniture. They're partnering, um, I can't say with who, but they are partnering with some people uh, to have some spas in the back. They'll have two to three massage rooms, mani-pedi areas, stuff like that. There'll be uh, a cafe, there'll be a library, there'll be an arcade, uh, lots of cool All stuff. All inside of the lounge? Correct, on the fourth oh, floor. Oh, wow. Yeah, correct. That's crazy. Yep, the fifth floor is the second co-working uh, space, uh, mirror image of the third floor. Mm -hmm. Third floor will be complete first. Um, the sixth floor is the law firm, Vicente Cedarberg, biggest cannabis law firm in the United States. And then Green Street will be occupying the seventh floor with our brand showroom and our creative offices. We'll have a small photo video studio, some meeting rooms, a couple other <clears throat> offices for creative purposes. Um, we'll be throwing two events a week minimum on the Green Street floor, and that's just for our co-working tenants, just networking events, business-to-business yeah. -business events, having buyer events, um, and that's not to mention any private events or any other partnered events that we, we want to do up there. There's also plans for a rooftop deck uh, with liquor and consumption, working on licensing for a basement dispensary, um, so lots of cool stuff. I wasn't joking when I said we're calling it the epicenter. It's literally like the epicenter of weed. You just described like a one-stop shop for everything. Yeah. That sounds like the best day at work. You can. <laughs> Every day is the best day at work for, the, for me. You can go do your cold calls and then like go down to the cafe, go to the roof, go smoke a joint and have a drink. That's. Yeah, and hopefully close a deal too. Yeah, exactly. You that's know? so crazy. And that's uh, super helpful for like sales reps in the cannabis industry because you have a beautiful place to bring your clients, you know, and to really talk business around people that are cannabis friendly because Correct. it's so hard to go meet a buyer or even if you're closing a big deal, like a bulk deal and you go to a Starbucks and you're trying to talk and it's like, you feel a little uneasy, you know, when you're talking about stuff like that in a public area. So you're creating a sense of comfortability for the industry and that's dope. Absolutely. I mean, and, and we're all about smashing the stigma. I wish you could go to Starbucks and have those meetings and talk about cannabis in public yeah. because it, you should be able to, especially since you're doing your job. Exactly. You, know? you shouldn't feel like you're making a drug deal when you're both licensed to licensed people Correct. trying to just sell something to be in the shop. Correct. Correct. So um, that that was definitely my boss's, um, you know, vision from the beginning. He's formerly of the music industry mm -hmm. and... Um, when the music industry kind of changed in the early 2000s and people stopped buying records, he was forced to kind of pivot and he got into marketing and fell into cannabis and he's, he loves music and he loves cannabis and he loves art and he, he wants to stay in this industry forever, but he didn't want to see uh, what happened to him happen, uh, happen to him now, what happened to him in the music industry where he loses his livelihood because these platforms kind of change yep. or they you know just are non-existent anymore so he wants to create his own platform not just for himself but for everybody to thrive um because that's how cannabis is really gonna uh the stigma is really gonna get smashed oh yeah of course especially when you're working on bringing the community together and kind of bringing like the brands together instead of like fighting against yeah healthy competition is needed people yeah. need choices without that um we're nothing you know <laughs> exactly yeah. especially um when it's like the top shelf growers and then it's like someone that's like sourcing all their flour and correct. a lot of people have the same stuff on the shelves nowadays. Correct. Correct. So, 
That's always uh, crazy. So what all does Green Street offer? Um, so like for your clients and stuff like that, what do you guys So we're actually going through a little bit um, of a pivot phase right now. Uh, the, the past year we had um, taken on a lot of client work. <clears throat> Essentially, um, Green Street built their own brands, right? Mm-hmm. That, that was what they did. Uh, before Gary came in, Gary came in, and then we took on a full ad agency. We brought in a full team. Uh, we were doing tons of client work. We did work for Ghost. We did work for Potters, um, dozens of brands. Now that uh, Hall of Flowers is starting to grow so much, and now that uh, the building is almost done, we're shying away from the client work, and we're focusing more on licensing our individual brands, which I can go into those uh, throughout the state and and throughout the country. Mm-hmm. And then we're gonna work to expand Hall of Flowers. Obviously, we were supposed to have one uh, in the LA Palm Springs in area April. in April, but it was a mean April Fool's joke, and we <laughs> got canceled on us. Um, so we're looking on expanding the show, uh, finishing off the building, licensing our brands, and then expanding the show and also expanding these buildings. We we're, we have yeah. plans to do one in San Francisco and do one in New York oh, and wow. do one in Boston. Yeah, That'll be awesome. Yeah. Is there any updates on when Hall of Flowers might come back? Uh, I don't have any updates. I, I did I know that's see, such a tricky question um, right now. I did see that Hall of Flowers did just, uh, my friend Delia from Hall of Flowers had an awesome post the other day. They're going to be doing uh, kind of like an online business-to-business portal for people um, in lieu of physical Hall of Flowers. Yeah. Uh, I believe, I, I have to look it up, but I want to say it, it, it's on July 1st or something. It's it's within the month. Um, that's their, their next move right now. We can't we can't give an answer to that just yeah, because we don't Yeah, of course, because the whole COVID thing. Yeah, but I mean, uh, we had one um, planned for... Uh, June or July, that's not going to happen now. I'm hoping we we can you get know, back into it into next the fall, year. Into the, yeah, 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 hopefully. Up north. If we do uh, have it in the fall, it would be up north in Santa Rosa. And then maybe we can get one next spring in L.A. Yeah, that sucks with the whole COVID thing that really affected everything. It did. I mean, we had a brand, you know, we, we have a, a brand that we were going to launch at Hall Flowers. Uh, I've spoken with and met a lot of awesome people lately uh, at the building. I've been giving them tours, and they had plans for Hall Flowers, and um, it sucks. Definitely a lot of people spent money, um, you know, on their activations and on their plans, and it's a very unfortunate situation we're going through, but at least uh, cannabis is considered essential, and yeah. some people are, you know, continuing to do business and stay in business and survive at least. Have you seen any new brands kind of pop up um, during this whole COVID crisis? I have, um, and I actually should have brought some to share with you. <laughs> I'm mad I didn't. Darn. Um, I, I traveled to a facility the other day in Adelanto. I met some really cool gentlemen. They came by the building mm-hmm. to tour. Um, uh, their brand is called Zana, and uh, they're just, they just have flower right now. They have a beautiful facility in Adelanto, 700 lights. Oh, wow. 10 rooms. Uh, they're working on another build out to do some solventless rosin. Uh, they have a really great team and their flower is beautiful. Top notch flower. Um, the branding and marketing is, is, I'm sorry, the branding is beautiful. It's kind of like a um, retro modern theme. Uh, they have cool like astronaut on the front. Um, that's That's the best brand that I've seen. Well, that I've actually physically dealt with. Yeah, you know? coming through COVID. Right, right. Um, and then, you know, I've just been sticking to my tried and trues personally, <laughs> you know. What are your go-to brands that... Um, uh, I love, I well, you know, 
I love some of our brands. Obviously, I love the gas brand. Yeah. Um, the 93 is really, it's really good weed, actually. Um, for a good price point, fifty-five yeah. bucks. I got you know. put on it from Hall of Flowers, actually. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's great. Yeah, and I mean the eights go for fifty-five, sixty dollars. You know, um, and the the THC percentage is up twenty-six to you know twenty-nine percent usually. Um, I also uh, love our vacation brand. <clears throat> it's a little bit cheaper um, mm -hmm. price point, uh, but the quality of the flower uh, is very good, and you can get half ounce bags of it. Um, which, you know, I prefer to get yeah. the bigger bags for myself. That's the one that does the the ounce joint, right? Yeah, so we also have uh, the Vacation brand has a 12 gram. 12 oh, gram. 12 it looks like an ounce. I know, ounce. it I looks mean, like an ounce. I'm always like, who's going to smoke all this? The thing, yeah, you, you got you to gotta definitely get your friends, um, I guess, on a non-COVID non -COVID party yeah. to, to smoke it. But it, it it's a great product. It definitely is a novelty. People love it. Um, we hadn't seen anything like it. We want, you know, we create it as, as a as a joint for, for concerts, for parties, for yeah. shows. For you can bring that to a concert. Well, <laughs> I mean, we do what we want at Green Street. But, you know, uh, those are those are my favorite in-house brands uh, out, you know, uh, locally. I love the Connected. Honestly. Yeah, Connected is always fire. Love Connected. And that's I get a lot of that. And then uh, I'm a big concentrate guy as well. So I, I get their concentrates and I get Raw Garden as well. Um, but I'm not a snob or anything. Yeah. Know? How is the, um, the cannabis different from the East coast from, well, the scene, <laughs> the scene is completely different. Uh, you know, when I talk to my friends, uh, about what's going on, I'm basically speaking a foreign language to them. Yeah. Um, even when I, you know, just talk about concentrates or dabs or they don't even know, you know, they, really? it's, yeah. And these are kids that I smoked weed with all day, every day growing yeah. up. It's just such a different scene. Of course, you know, everyone grows up and, you know, sometimes they grow out of cannabis. Um, not myself. If anything, I'm growing yeah, more in, you know, more into it. You are the weed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I'm going to take over. We're going to take over. Um, but yeah, it's the, the education isn't there. Uh, the the open-mindedness isn't quite there. I mean, Massachusetts is progressive. It's getting there, but I grew up on Cape Cod. It's a very uh, old school, like, just, there's never going to be, I don't I don't foresee a dispensary on Cape Cod anytime soon. Really? It's I one do. of those. It's one of those. Like, the bars close at 1, but they really stop serving at 12.15. And, like, there's nowhere to, you know, all the convenience stores are closed from 1 to 3. You can't get water or cigarettes or, like, because they don't want people partying. They don't, it's in, you know, retirees yeah. are there. It's definitely different. Um, when I go home to the Cape, I have to bring my own stuff because <laughs> I know I'm not getting it there. Is the the quality is completely different? Completely um, different. Yeah, I sent I I I sent a buddy some stuff recently. Yeah, uh, some edibles, some flour, some vape cartridges, and he said it was hands down much better than anything he had gotten from his local spot. <laughs> do they have dispensaries in Massachusetts? They do. Yeah, there's a handful of them. Yeah, he's outside of Boston, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so he's not like a near city. So. No, no, he's not from the Cape. Well, he doesn't live on the Cape anymore. <laughs> on the Cape, yeah. the way you say that. <laughs> that's, Cape Cod. That's so Is You need to surround yourself with some people that know the industry. You can't just uh, have money and say, oh, I want to start a cannabis brand. Yeah. It doesn't really work like that. Uh, we've seen, I mean, people with millions of dollars lose it in no time, you know. Uh 
if you know the the genius store just went out of business what yeah on, Mel- what? on yeah they they closed down when two months ago really before before the covid hit you know and they had a, they had a lot of money Oh, so I that, did not know that. Yeah, so like it goes to show you like just because you have $10 million doesn't mean that you can start a brand and, and be successful. Yeah. You know, just because you have a celebrity backing doesn't mean you can just be successful. And yes, we do have celebrities. Um, and and we've, because of my boss's background in music, uh, he, he does find it necessary to kind of anchor these brands with a, with a celebrity. Yeah. Um, not that that's going to win. That's That alone is not going to win. You know, there's lots of other things that go into it. Um, and that's also not saying that you need a celebrity to be successful. You don't need that. Uh, <clears throat> you need money. You need the right team. You need vision. You need to be able to uh, work hard. You need to be able to work for free for a while. Um, I have a cousin, <clears throat> and she actually just received a small business loan, and she is going to start her own brand. And uh, I've been kind of working with her and helping consult with her on how to put her ducks in a row and, yeah. you know, all the licenses and whatnot. And <clears throat> I told her, you know, she got a $200,000 loan, which is awesome. Yeah. But I, I told her, like, be prepared. You know, you need you need more probably. Um, <clears throat> but she's she's a hard worker and she's all about it. She's already looking at Sweet Space and the Green Street Building yeah. because she realizes, like, uh, the value that comes with, uh, with you know, being associated, being associated with a green street, you know, many people have said, well, you know, what's in it for me? Like, why would I, what, what's the value? And I said, well, the value is our network. You know, um, th- like you said, the, the clout that you get by bringing a client there instead of yeah. Starbucks is, I mean, right away, they're going to be like, oh, that already closes the deal. As soon as you're like, Hey, go meet me at my suite at green street. They're like, okay. Right. And it makes you Checkbook look it makes you look legit. It makes you look like you're a businesswoman. Yeah. You know, and that you do know what you're doing and that you you can afford nice things because you're you're successful at what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but going back to your question about uh, how do you start a brand, my advice, those things that I mentioned, um, and you know, definitely you, you need to get a budget and yeah. and you need to be prepared. Yeah. When it comes to like branding, so like social media creating like the whole like brand aspect, like what do you, what are your uh, tips? Um, well, first, you know, you got to build that story with a brand. You know, you have to find your voice, right? Um, you have to, you have to build a story. You know, we've the main way we do that is is through Instagram, right? That's mm-hmm. free advertising. Uh, and to be honest with you, Green Street doesn't spend a lot of money on on their marketing. Oh, we wow. do it. We do a lot on our own uh, through the Hall of Flowers, through our websites. Through our um, our web stores, you know, for all of our brands, we have a marketplace for gas um, apparel. We have a marketplace for the pantry apparel. We have a marketplace for the trees apparel. Um, you know, we do PADs, of course, at dispensaries and whatnot. Um, but we just, uh, I run all the socials for our brands. So I do the gas, the trees, the vacation, the asterisk, and the country. Um, I'm very active on that. Um, we post usually uh, at least five times a week. I try to post every day. Obviously, I'm running five of them yes. and plus doing a million other things. Um, so I can't do that every day. But generally, we're getting four to four to six posts per brand per per week. OK, um, multiple story posts a day. Right. Videos, lots of videos. <clears throat> um, you feel videos or pictures are um, videos better, better videos. Are, I, I do. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, uh, we don't have the capacity to pr- produce as much content as we would like right now. Yeah. Um, you know, when we transitioned, we, we let some of our creative people go. 
um, because we're, we're we're not doing as much of that anymore. Um, but I definitely think videos, uh, you receive more engagement through the videos. Yeah. Um, all about the live streaming, of course, you know, uh, it's very similar to what you're doing here. W when you first start a brand, right, um, you may think like, oh, no one's going to watch my live stream. Like, oh, two people are watching me. Like, yep. don't that's let, why I don't go on don't live. Don't <laughs> let that, don't let that get you down. How many, I mean, obviously you're on an amazing platform here. Yeah. So you probably had a good, you know, network listening to you right away, but you got to start somewhere, right? And uh, when I first started, before I got a job at Green Street, I told you I was a teacher and I had my first, you know, meeting with the guy and he said, cool, you know, we'll get back to you. And I thought to myself like, okay, yeah, I have a connection, but what if this doesn't work? I'm not guaranteed a job here. Yeah. So I needed to somehow create uh, like a portfolio for myself, right? So I could break into cannabis because I had no um, experience. So I got on Instagram and I created this profile for myself and it was basically, it was an account based on cannabis education. I was a teacher before and the, the way I figured I was going to break in was through education. And I posted literally, I was working 70 hours a week at two jobs and then posting one to three times a day on my own account about cannabis education. And when you first start, like you're not going to get engagement and you're not going to get followers, <clears throat> but it's not about that. It's about the content that you're putting out. Yeah. And that goes... Uh, for when you're building brands too. You have to build that story. It's going to take time. It's going to take time. Uh, so don't get discouraged. Just keep working hard. Keep putting the content out. Uh, don't worry about the likes. Don't worry about the views. They, they will come, you know. And then when you start, you know, if you have a brand and you do start spending some marketing dollars, uh, you, you'll see it. You'll see it all start to come together. So you said that you did a little cannabis education. Do you mm -hmm. want to go in um, about that and kind of like talk about that? Yeah, sure. What did you cover and everything? That's super cool. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I, I didn't really know how I was going to break into cannabis, but I, I love to talk. I love to educate. I love to connect people. Um, and especially that's what's going to help destigmatize cannabis yeah. is the education factor, right? Uh, <clears throat> and, and even when I was teaching at school and trying to get this Green Street job, I would, you know, tell my friends, my teacher friends, oh, I'm getting this job. And, and, and I'd be like so passionate about like, the cannabis and they'd be like, damn, like you need to get this job, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I would essentially, uh, the name, the, the handle is at the green grasshopper. Uh, I actually haven't posted on it like in a year. Okay. I, okay. I got so busy with green street stuff. I kind of took a step back, but I've been telling myself like, I do want to kind of get back into it and, and, and start just making, uh, you know, connections through the education facet because yeah. I haven't been, um, you know, I'm, I'm working now. I'm not, I want to get involved a little more if that makes sense. Yeah. But, um, and I would post about anything and everything from information about terpenes to, uh, cannabis policy to history to, um, I actually started doing the, the first thing I started to do is cause I couldn't think of anything. I was like, I'll do reviews. And I was going to dispensaries and getting product. And then I would do a product review and, and a dispensary review. And I would do that like a couple times a week. And then um, I started to gain some more followers that way. And then that's when I uh, would start to do more posts. And I would like, okay, I'd do one of those. And then I'd um, maybe share like a beautiful picture from like a, a cannabis photographer. And mm -hmm. I'd, you know, pump them up. Of course, yeah. always pumping people up. Always giving credit to the artist. Always giving credit to whoever, if it wasn't my own photo. Um, and starting to build this community, right? And I, 
amassed a decent following in six months um, to a year, but that wasn't my motivation anyway. The motivation was to build that portfolio in case it didn't work out with the Green Street thing. Um, but it, you know, they saw that that while I wasn't working for them, I was working, you know, to try yeah. to build myself up, and they were pretty impressed. Um, and I, I think that's probably one of the reasons they offered me a job, but many other reasons. But yeah, that was the idea behind that. Um, you can definitely still go to that Instagram uh, handle and see all the stuff I posted. There's some funny stuff in there. I've written, wrote poems. Like, oh wow, yeah, that's I so mean, cool. Like, like I, I, it was the fav- my favorite part of the day. I would literally yeah. go home and I'd be like, okay, what am I gonna do today? And I, whatever popped into my head, I would, I would just do it. I love that. Yeah. Do you have a favorite terpene? <sighs> that's such a broad question with all the terps. <laughs> Or favorite terpene profile, maybe? Um, like, mixture of the two? I mean, I'm a basic bitch. Lemonine is like, <laughs> is like you know, it's I love the citrus, you know? You mercinine, mercinine. Mercine? Yeah, mercine, sorry. <laughs> mercine. That's probably my favorite. I love mercine. The mango terpene. Yeah, the yeah. mango terp. We just did uh, an episode on mercine. That'll be releasing pretty soon, great. a cooking episode. Great, so great, great. make sure to stay tuned for that. That's so dope. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite thing about working in cannabis? Um, the people, I don't know. It's everything. I yeah. mean, the last year has been, I haven't had a bad day. Uh, I get to smoke weed while I work. I get the job done. Uh, people appreciate it. <clears throat> people appreciate me, my hard work, my energy. Um, I just love it. And, and you know, uh, the industry took a pretty big hit, Q3 and Q4, right? Yeah. A lot of people got let go. I have lots of friends that lost their jobs. Um, and I was so, so happy that I didn't. And and if I did, I, I could never go back to anything else. Like, I'd have to stay in the industry. I can't, yeah. People are like, oh, you could be a teacher. No, don't want to be a teacher again. <laughs> That's so dope. Um, do you have anything you want to kind of say or like touch base on before we sign off for this episode? Um, just, I want to make people aware of the amazing project we're, we're working on downtown, the Cannabis Epicenter, uh, the Green Street Building, <clears throat> 718 South Hill Street on the corner of 7th and Hill. Uh, lots of cool stuff going on. If you have any interest in, uh, checking it out, you can reach out to me, find me on LinkedIn, Zachary Hirschfield. Um, that's it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, and thank you everybody for tuning in to another episode of Terp Talk and we'll talk Terp soon. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.